0: Hi, I'm Anthony Taylor, and welcome to season two of the Mental Fitness Podcast, the podcast where you're going to hear from a fantastic range of people about their personal stories and ideas on how to live a great life and look after your mental fitness while doing it. You're going to learn about resilience, emotional intelligence, how to identify our strengths, and what we can do to support our good mental health. Here's a snapshot of what we've got in store for you this week.
1: Rational you who is the human, can make really, really good decisions for next week. Next week, your diet is going to be spot on. You are not going to eat anything that's off plan, you're going to go to the gym five times a week, you're going to do your absolute best every time and you're going to be a perfect parent as well and you're going to smash your business goals out of the park. Those are the intentions. So what we want to do is take those intentions and actually turn them into routines.
0: So I'm really excited to be bringing you series two, and I hope you join us throughout the entirety of this. And as ever, if you like the podcast, please give us a like uh, or subscribe to the show as well. It takes just a minute, but it's going to help the podcast reach more people. Okay, let's crack on with the show. So, Welcome to the Mental Fitness Podcast once again. Today, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by John Lamerton. John has been described as uh, the routine machine, the king of routine, or as his wife calls him, the routine freak. Um, he's also a highly successful entrepreneur, And, uh, but what we're gonna be talking about today is all things routine and the importance of that. So John, welcome
1: to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Anthony, great to be here.
0: John, I'm gonna start off with a question ask all my guests, what does the term mental fitness mean to you?
1: I love the term mental fitness because everyone talks about mental health, Um, but no one really talks about this mental fitness and this idea of what does being healthy, what does being fit mean? Uh, for me, when I think of mental fitness, it's my ability to function at the peak of my capacity. Um, you know, if I liken it to, to um, you know, uh, normal health and fitness, you know, it's the ability to endure. It's the ability to have stamina. It's the ability to um, react quickly in the optimal way. I would like to. I don't know why I prefaced that with normal health and fitness there because I've just used (laughs) a perfect analogy there for mental fitness as well, haven't I? You
0: have, you have indeed. But yeah, I really like that. I really like what you talked about there and how optimising it and being at your peak capacity. And I think that's so important. And that's really why I wanted to get you on and talk about this because you've got this brilliant book called Routine Machine, which I'm partway through reading and I must admit I'm really enjoying. But tell me a little bit more about what, what inspired you to write that book? Uh, why Routine?
1: Right, Routine, so I, I never knew how important Routine was to me. Uh, I wrote my first book, Big Ideas for Small Businesses, uh, back in 2017. And that was the only book I was ever writing, by the way. I stood on stage at the press launch of that book and, and announced to the world, I am never writing another book. About 12 months later, I started writing the second book. Anyway. I did a kind of press round I did a lot of podcast interviews and I was interviewed by a guy called Jeff Woods in America for the one thing podcast by the way the one thing is my favorite book of all time um, and Jeff kept drilling into me it was proper it was a real interrogation john why have you why have you done this this business you had here what what was the one factor that made the difference there so okay so that was the one factor that made a difference, but how did you actually do that? What did you do on a quarterly basis? What does your day look like? Okay, so when you do that, what does that morning look like? Okay, so when you do that one thing in the morning, what does that look like? And it was a proper like torch in my face <laughs> interrogation. Like, oh my God, yes, Jeff, it was this and it was that, and it was really scary. And then we finished recording and he just said to me, Routines are really important to you, aren't they? And you know what, that Steve Jobs quote about you can only connect the dots looking backwards, everything fell into place. And it's like, oh yeah, actually, the reason that business was successful was because I sent a piece of marketing out every single day without fail for, you know, nine months in a row. The reason that worked was because on the third Thursday of every month I did that and, oh, actually my investments work because I've set up automatic routines there and I rebalance every six months and I have a once a year meeting with the finance manager and I'm like oh there's there might be something in this so I I set myself a little challenge I was going on holiday and I I set myself a challenge I took my journal with me which I've actually still got that journal here today it's looking a bit dog-eared and battered now Um, and I said to myself if you can write John if you can write two pages in your journal of notes and ideas about habits and routines, then there might be a book in this and you can go and write a book. So I sent the kids off to the pool and I sat down with a cappuccino and I started writing and I just kept on writing. I think I ended up with about 10 pages of notes and it was just, yeah, literally like the the Steve Jobs thing. Again, it was like, that's why that worked. Oh yeah, yeah, and that thing that went massively wrong in my life that's because I didn't have habits and routines in place, or I did, but they were bad habits and routines. They were not serving me. And I come up with so much, oh my God, I need to write this next book. So yeah, I've gone from never writing another book to I'm about to release my third, and I've got books five, six, and seven in the pipeline. (laughs) So (laughs) I've completely changed my mindset now. (laughs) Brilliant.
0: So how long did it take you to write Routine Machine? So I think,
1: It won't surprise you to learn there was a routine for writing. Uh, So, from start to finish, it was about 10 months. And it was because the first book I wrote very much, I'm just going to write a book. How hard can it be to write a book? And I just worked very, very hard and just kept ploughing on. And I hated the process, hence, I'm never writing another book. Routine machine, I sat down for a week solid. Uh, that would have been probably October 2019. And I said, right, i right, I'm gonna write for a week solid. So I had my, my notes from my journal. I had all the bullets of what I was gonna write about, roughly in the order I was gonna write about them as well. And I vomited words onto a page, nonstop for a week. And by the end of that week, I had 30,000 words in a Google Doc. And I said to myself, well, that's half the book written. In a week. I'm done, you know, 50% there in a week. I know a lot of this that I've written is awful. <laughs> I know it's not going to read very well, but in terms of, oh my God, I've got to come up with 70 odd thousand words, great, I've got 30,000 in the bank. Then created a routine three days, three consecutive days per month. So I then just said, right, for three days, I'm focusing on writing that book. Now, what happened was in the kind of three and a half weeks, I wasn't writing the book. I was percolating, I was pondering, I was noticing, "Ah, that person that's really, really successful, that's just won their first title in 38 years, ah, that was Routines that did that. Oh, and I'm I'm from Plymouth, so kind of one of the local heroes here is um, Robert Falcon Scott, obviously Scott of the Antarctic. And I was homeschooling the kids, learning about his story, it's like, ah, he was beaten, by Norwegian, Ro Emerson who just employed routines. He just routinely said, I'm gonna walk 15 miles a day, every day without fail. Brilliant, it's routines. And I just noticed all these little things coming together. So rather than trying to force a book out in a very short period of time, I vomited all the ideas and all the words I had, and then deliberately set myself a big sort of milestone in the future and said, right, you're gonna do this three days a month. In the meantime, you're writing a book about routines. So just notice that. So right now, so I've just finished a book about content marketing. I've been working on that since November last year. So that's a little bit of a bigger book, but it's taken me 11 months. It'll be 12 months by the time we actually launch. So that's content marketing. So I've spent a year noticing content marketing. I know what my next book is gonna be. It's about uh, removing business owners removing themselves from the day-to-day operations it's a process i'm going through now and it's a process i'm noticing in others so when i'm noticing someone who's done it i'm capturing that i'm going okay i need to speak to this guy in about 12 months time when i come to write it i've got stories already i'm already capturing the ideas there
0: so we're talking about routine and you're capturing that ideas it's great to get an insight into your routine how you wrote the book and how you're going to do the other ones but bring this a bit because there's a lot of great stories in it's a lot of fun, a lot of amusement, a lot of really things that resonated with me. And I'm only a couple of chapters in, so bring it to life for me. Why are routines so important? This is
1: one of the things that I, I think I, one of the reasons I nearly didn't write the book was when I sat down and I thought, what have I got to say about routines that hasn't been said before, because every, well, not everyone, but a lot of people have read Atomic Habits, uh, High Performance Habits. Uh, Routine equals results. And there's so many books on habits and routines out there. The world doesn't need another book on habits and routines. And what I discovered was the difference I think I've got is unlike sort of atomic habits where we delve deep into the science behind it, I am not a scientist. (laughs) I mean, I do open with a little bit of brain surgery, but that's courtesy of Dr. Steve Peters. for me, what I think Routine Machine brings to the space is real world insight into the world of habits and routines from, in my words, a normal bloke from Plymouth. And the the reason i kind of place so much importance on routine is because of my upbringing there. I, I am just a normal bloke from Plymouth. I left school with a handful of GCSEs. Um, my dad was an electrician. My mum worked in a sewing factory. I started an internet marketing company when I knew nothing about running a company nothing about internet marketing and I didn't even own a computer so there was no silver spoon there was no you know magic upbringing there was no pivotal moment it was nothing other than what I did over the everyday or most days for a 20 25 year period and the reason I opened with that kind of Dr Steve Peters was because I wanted to take a complex area and make it simple. And I wanted to explain it in the way that I understand it. Now I may well have got all the neuroscience wrong completely, but what I've done is I've decimated my interpretation of it, my understanding of it. So Dr. Steve Peters talks about three parts of the brain, the human, the chimp, and the computer. So the human is the logical, the rational, the sensible, part of us that we all have occasionally and we all make good decisions for what we're going to do in the future. We all set really good intentions. Uh, We've got the chimp, which is the monkey brain fight and flight response. Uh, That's where we all make bad decisions when we suddenly end up in McDonald's on the way home from the gym. For some reason, the computer, that's the automated scripts. That's the bit where when I speak to people and they say I haven't got any routines. And I asked them which trouser leg they put into their trousers first this morning and whether that differed from the trouser leg they put in yesterday or the day before, or the day before that, or asked them to think about which teeth they cleaned first and then which order they clean their teeth in. People tend to notice these routines. So we've got the computer automating these scripts. So for me, routines are just the scripts that the computer runs. That's all routines are, we've all got them. It's just a case of who sat down and wrote the script. Was it the human or was it the chimp? If it was the chimp, let's get the human to have a go and have, him have a go at writing that script. Can we make that script a little bit better? And I, what I, I've tried to stay away from in the book is prescribing routines. Because I think many of the books that I've read on routines, and so I, when I discovered how important routines were to me, I went, read, I went down a rabbit hole and read everything I could read on routines. And so many of them just prescribe a routine to you. Right, you need to get up at 5am, uh, you need to do kettlebells, uh, you need to drink a green smoothie, do some affirmations, read some personal developments, go for a run, and then finally at 7am you can start work for the day. Uh, pff, not for me. Yeah, the old Mark Wahlberg thing.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Three o'clock in the morning, doesn't he? Whatever.
1: (laughs) Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like Mark Wahlberg, but what a muppet with that post.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just wired differently. It's, you know, I cannot get up at that time. I'm sorry. I think there's a a quote I used in the book from someone who was uh, at Cambridge University and invited to um, give a speech. And they said, morning prayer starts at 6 a.m. And his response to that was, yeah, I suppose I could stay up until then. (laughs) (laughs) that that would absolutely be me so i mean i'm i'm going on holiday tomorrow um we have an alarm call at 3 40 a.m for our flight and i'm very very tempted to just stay up until then rather than try and wake then
0: (laughs) so your book's not a it's great and that's what i think i've I've picked up late it's not a prescription it is very amusing you're very self-deprecating with the humor there's some great stories as a parent I related to as a business owner for now and and in past in my life and corporate career as well but I can relate to as well what's your what's your sort of favorite story if you like and in terms of the power of routine that's helped you from the book I,
1: I think probably touching again on the prescriptive nature it's that story of me adopting the miracle morning so I read The Miracle Morning, Hal Elrod, and I loved, I loved the concept of just getting up a little bit early and basically having like 60 to 90 minutes of personal development time every day, whereby you get some nutrition in you, you do some exercise, you read some affirmations, you read some personal development, um, you do some meditations. This this is all the things that I love doing (laughs) and I can do them before, as the very first thing in the day. I can beat the day before I've even started. Oh, I love the idea of that. So I set my alarm for I think 5.30 a.m. as Hal advocates. And as always happens when I set my alarm for about two hours earlier than I need to get up, normally is I end up going to sleep about an hour to an hour and a half later than I normally would because I cannot sleep because my brain is going, my brain's doing the maths looking at the clock. Going right, 5.30, it's currently 11.30, so that means you're only gonna get six hours sleep. Oh my God, only six hours sleep, that's not enough. Well, it's not six hours anymore, it's five and three quarter hours now, oh my God. And you start doing this little math in your head. Finally, the alarm goes off, 5.30. I sneak out of bed, because I'm the only one getting up at 5.30. The house is pitch black, this is the middle of winter as well, so it's freezing, absolutely freezing cold in the house. Apparently the heating doesn't come on at 5.30 in the morning. I don't know why the heating doesn't come on two hours before anybody needs it, but apparently it doesn't. And I sneak out of, out of bed and I think, right, okay. First thing to do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some affirmations. So I go to put the light on, I was like, ah, I can't put the light on because that's just gonna wake my wife up. Right, I'll go in this little room off to the side here and i put a little side light on. So I put that on, get my book out. Ugh, I can't read that. It's like, oh, and it's pitch black outside, nothing I can do. Right, okay, give up on that. I'm going to do a workout instead. I'm going, to, I'm going to get some endorphins going through me, right? Okay. Where can I exercise? Because if I do here, it's wooden floors, it's next to the bedroom, I can't do any if I do, you know, weights, if I'm doing burpees or anything like that, I, I'm going to be making a lot of noise. Um, can't do it upstairs. Nope. Right. Forget exercise. Right. Let's do some affirmations. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to do some affirmations. Right, oh actually before I do that, let me let me get my smoothie ready. I'm gonna have my nice green smoothie. I've got some spinach, I've got some chia seeds, I've got some blueberries, half a banana, nice bit of almond milk, put it in the blend blender. No, can't use the blender because that's gonna make a lot of noise. It's gonna wake the whole bloody house up. So right, okay, well, let's just leave that on the side there. Meanwhile, the dog is running around in circles now, because she thinks it's time to get up and have breakfast. She's like, Oh great, the humans are awake. Like, oh shh. Sh- Quiet, don't wake anybody up. By the end of it, I think it got to about half past six and my wife appeared in the the kitchen doorway. What the hell are you doing? She said, you've woken everyone up. You've made a load of noise. The dog's been going around. What the hell is this mess on the side here? Well, I I said, well, I tried blending it, but it wouldn't blend. So I thought I'd give it a shake and then mash it a bit with a fork. And she's like, no, what are you doing? So we all sat there like bleary eyed, staring at each other at the, at the kitchen table. So we did some affirmations. Um, and your persona non grata of the family. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, literally everyone had a worse day that day. I think I I did the school runs and I got back about half past nine and put myself back to bed because it was just, it was that bad. And those affirmations became, I am not getting up at 5.30 a.m. again. I am never doing a miracle morning. I am going back to bed. <laughs> And that's what happens, though, when you try and copy someone else's routine. People say to me, what's your morning routine? It's like, it doesn't matter what my morning routine is. What matters is that you find what works for you. It, yeah, It's almost like the, uh, the morning routine doesn't matter. What matters is that you have a morning routine.
0: So... At the risk of not being, and I'm glad you talked about um, Atomic Habits, and, and I was going to ask you what's the difference between your book and Atomic Habits. I used to follow James Clear before he wrote it, and he started his newsletter, and I followed him for, for years, looked forward to every Monday and Thursday, and I think he built his newsletter and he's following on that routine. I know you did something with your business, didn't you? As a, as a business owner as well, I'm just pairing things back now, and I realise I've been running around following too many gurus jumping on the new thing, trying to keep learning everything all the time, rather than actually just sticking to what am I really good at and, and how can I put that into a routine? And now I'm I'm starting to do that, partly inspired by my failings, partly inspired by your book. So, you know, give me a bit of insight. How, how, how can we best start to do this without being prescriptive? How can we make routines work better for us?
1: The first thing is noticing, noticing the routines you've already got, and then deciding what areas you want to improve? Now, the first thing I would say is, don't try and change everything at once. Um, is I've used an example in the book of health. So I I've used routines to sort my health out. I've lost five stone. You know, I've, I've absolutely nailed my health, but that didn't happen overnight. I didn't. You know, I, I used to be a chain smoking, lager swilling, fast food eating, uh, never ever stepped foot in a gym, absolute slob of a guy. I didn't suddenly wake up one day and say right i'm quitting the fags i'm quitting the booze i'm going to start drinking celery juice and i'm going to start having daily saunas daily meditations i'm going to run 10ks i'm going to start lifting weights and swinging kettlebells and doing everything that no that didn't happen overnight that is where i ended up not so much with the celery juice anymore but i got there by first quitting smoking and then probably a year later replacing you know, a couple of takeaways a week or a little bit of the, the um, Iceland special one pound lasagnas with freshly cooked lasagnas, nice, easy swaps. Um, then I introduced going to the gym. Then I gave up drinking. Then I thought, well, actually, I'm going to hydrate more. And then I discovered saunas. And then I discovered acupressure. And then I've discovered meditation. And then, I've and it became a snowball. It If I tried to do everything, on day one, I wouldn't have made it past day three before the pain of all those changes became far too much for me. So the first thing I would say is identify one routine that you want to change. Um, The problem with books about routines and habits is you're going to get lots of ideas thrown at you you're going to get, well, actually, you could start drinking, I mean, you could try putting butter in your coffee. One of the things I do oh, still I've do. Oh, I've done that? that,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, but you might say, oh, I really like the idea of that. Oh, and I also like the idea of uh, drinking an extra litre of water a day. I also like the idea of walking 10,000 steps a day. Oh, and I also like the idea of doing hit workouts. And I like the idea of meditation. And I like the idea of cold showers. I have those every day. You still do cold showers? Yeah, every day. Oh, see, that is the one routine that I can't get to stick. I, I, I... I'm a big fan of getting streaks going. And I think my cold, my cold shower streak was almost 60 days. And then one day, I think it was around about this time of year, the clocks went back, it was a little bit cold and I was like, I'm just going to skip it today. And two years later, I'm, I'm still skipping it. <laughs> um, that, I mean, that's another point. People say, how long does it take for a habit or routine to stick? It depends. It's completely up to how difficult the routine is, how much pain is involved. Um, You know, if you've got, you know, the, the benefits of cold showers are not immediate. No one has their very first cold shower and says, Oh my God, that feels amazing. I really enjoyed that. I'm going to do that again tomorrow. After 60 days of it, it didn't hurt as much as it did on day one, but I wasn't quite feeling the benefits that I probably would have done had I stuck with it and I was now on day 500 and something, I would probably now be like yourself, an absolute advocate and say, oh my God, it's, it's amazing, it's brilliant. Um, saunas, I, I have a sauna every day and I have done for, I don't know, six years, seven years. Wow. But the first few times I had, 10 minutes was my limit and I felt I couldn't breathe. It's good in general. I'm gonna. I'm really gonna generalize here. In general, good routines don't give you immediate positive feedback. Yeah. But they do long term. Bad habits and routines do tend to give you immediate pleasurable feedback because if I go to Five Guys right now and I have a salted caramel, malted milk, uh, banana, coffee syrup, and what's the other thing? A oh, whipped cream on top. If I have one of those shakes now. I immediately feel good. I feel, wow, this is great, great idea, John. This was a fantastic idea. Brilliant routine to have. If I have one of those every day for three months, I'm suddenly going to gain a stone of lard. <laughs> and I've no idea where it comes from. <laughs> but it, it's tweaking that, isn't it?
0: Yeah. You talked about the snowball effect and, um, so I'm going, to ask, I'm going to ask you to undo a little bit about what you've just said. And the reason is I'm, I'm getting married in January and um, I'm a little bit chunkier monkey than than I would like at the minute. Um, I used to be really fit, injury. If I say CrossFit, my, my fiance is like, oh my God, not again, shut up about CrossFit. Um, but anyway, don't do that anymore because of injuries. So how can I best set up myself and I think my environment using routine to help me shift a stone between now and say January.
1: Cool. So I'm really glad you said environment because this is one of my big, big things is the environment around you. Um, Over the last two years, we've all had our environment shifted and I'm, I've noticed so much people saying about lockdown weight and lockdown, you know, health habits have got, oh, it's because the gyms have closed. Now, I haven't stepped in a gym since January 2020. And I'm actually in better shape now than I was in January 2020, because to go to the gym required me packing a gym bag, jumping in my car, driving 20 minutes to the gym, finding a decent parking space at the gym, walking through the um, swipe card thing behind the queue of people, getting into the change rooms, finding a locker that I like. <laughs> I don't know why I'm very OCD about where you know, which which my favourite lockers were, then going back upstairs. Oh, someone's using the machine I want to use, and it was that little bit of little bit of friction that probably contributed to me going. Probably twenty percent less than I otherwise would, mm. and certainly forty-five to fifty minutes of my workout time was actually spent commuting to and from the gym and actually starting to use the equipment and stopping to use the equipment and changing. So the minute that kind of COVID stopped, uh, started rather, and where our freedoms were all taken away, I went shopping and I bought kettlebells and I bought ropes and I bought I already had a punch bag in in my garage and I said I'm gonna work out at home and I discovered I don't know why I've never noticed them there before but outside my office window there is a balcony with 13 steps leading down to a patio I've never noticed these steps there before but the minute I couldn't go to the gym and I wanted to do a hit workout I can suddenly run up and down my, these steps 20 seconds on 10 seconds off repeat um three sets of ten and i'm on my arse i am in a pool of sweat when i do that so what i do is I, I get up in the morning before i've even had my shower i just put my gym clothes on i walk out of my bedroom and there are the steps i run up and then steps it takes me 23 minutes um sorry no i added an extra set and i 33 minutes now it used to be 23 i added more more sets 33 minutes i then go back in the bedroom have a shower that is i've had my workout in the time it used to take me to commute to and from the gym so i'm now probably instead of you know let's say i was at 80% capacity with my gym time i'm now at something like 120% capacity cuz well I've made working out easy. I've made it so, so simple that all I've got to do is literally my, my workout gear is, are those steps, there's a punch bag in the garage, there's kettlebells here, I bought a slam ball.
0: Yeah, so you want to do that, setting up our environment. So it sounds like you set your environment up, your, your gym kits by your bed, I take it you know your steps are outside. So actually setting up our environment is a fundamental key bit for successful mm. routine generation, is that what you're saying?
1: I think, yes. So if you if you've got a girl, so let's say you've got the health girl, you you get married, three months time, you want to be in shape, you want to lose a stone in three months, okay. First thing you need to know, and again, this is me not being prescriptive in any way, is what works for you. Because what works for me is yeah, I love doing hit, I love doing fasted hit, but actually, what I've discovered over the last couple of years, I've got a I've got an Aura ring which tracks my sleep, it tracks my heart rate, it tracks everything that I do. So I've looked at data correlation now and I've worked out, I've actually calculated what works for me in terms of correlating the data from this versus uh, the graph of my weight and my body fat percentage is walking. <laughs> so really? I thought it was going hard. I thought it was hit workouts, um, the more I can get my heart rate up, the more I can sweat, the more you know, the better I'm gonna do. And it turns out that actually that isn't what works for me. What works for me is 60 to 70% of max heart rate for a prolonged period of time. Oh, okay. So I've, I'm now doing less here. I now do, I actually don't do any, well, technically I do hit, but I do resistance hit training now. So I do resistance training twice a week, strength training. Other than that, I walk for an hour every single day and three times a week, I will walk for 90 minutes. And that's lockdown that taught me that because when do you remember we were only allowed out of the house to go to walk the dog, so that's what I did. Is I just said, well, I'm just I'm going to walk out my front door, and I am going to just walk and walk and walk. And so my my steps went from I don't know, let's say I was averaging nine and a half ten thousand a day up to about fifteen thousand a day. Mm. And my weight went phoom, and my body fat percentage went phoom, and, it, and my sleep was better. And all my health correlated with the more I walk, the healthier I am. So environments to
0: setting up a good habit. If I'm going to try and lose this stone, what are the bits of advice around routines and habits?
1: Routines. I, I'm often asked kind of what, what's the one routine that everyone should have. And again, I don't want to be prescriptive, but areas to look at would be Um, For health, I I cannot look past sleep. I think sleep underpins everything. And in fact, that's not just health. Um, If you want to perform better as a business owner, if you want to make better investment decisions, um, if you want to eat healthier, actually you will make, you'll be able to resist the chocolate donuts or whatever your nemesis is, whatever your weakness is when it comes to food, you'll be able to resist that better if you are well rested and well slept. So. That's why I've got the Aura Ring and the Fitbit. I've got two bits of sleep tracking. Yeah, um, and literally if you tell me you've written a book on sleep, I'm just gonna be right, I'm on that. I'm... Any marginal gains I can make when it comes to sleep, I know will reap dividends everywhere in my life. There's no area of my life that isn't touched um, by sleep. When it comes to business, marketing has always been the key driver for me um daily marketing of my business um one of the things i talked about in routine machine was the power of weekly emails um particularly weekly emails that don't sell anything it sounds completely counterproductive um but i've built that's the foundation of all my businesses has been sending out a weekly email to everyone that just chats and just builds relationships and gets people to know, like, and trust you as if any marketer will know is, is the key thing. So how do we build those relationships? We build it one week at a time, just by sending out one email. And so many business owners say, no, no, but what about, I need to sell some stuff. I need to get the phone ringing. Well, your phone will ring when they need you. If they know what you do and they've got that relationship, they absolutely trust you, you will get that phone call. Um, And the examples I used in the book, there was a guy who um, won a 30,000 pound tender. He turned up for the tender expecting to pitch and was announced as this is the guy who's going to be doing our websites (laughs) because he'd just been sending weekly emails to the committee member. Um, We had a a marine engineer who got, I think it was a 350,000 pound boat rebuild contract off the back of sending out a weekly email that didn't sell anything and just said, this is what we've had in the workshop this week. These are the problems we're fixing. This is the engine we're working on right now. It was basically marine engineering porn. (laughs) Boring as hell to the rest of us, but if you're in that industry, he just spoke to them. And yeah, it was particularly in what I would call reactive businesses. So, um, you know, things like their phone doesn't ring unless the boat breaks.
0: Yeah, unless people got a problem.
1: Yeah, HR, lawyers, anyone that, if your phone rings with distressed people who say, I need you here now, then a weekly email, that is just absolute go-dust, it really is. Really.
0: And just chatting, just sharing a bit of insight, sharing a bit of value. Yep. Nothing in it, just don't flog anything, just,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much of what I've written in, in... This next book, um, Evergreen Assets, is about relationships. I keep using this line, it's not a numbers game, it's a relationships game. And the more I implore people to not sell, just demonstrate who you are, demonstrate your expertise, demonstrate how you help people, demonstrate the help you've given to people and, and the results that they've had. It's all about them, it's all about your clients and how you can help them you're just a small tiny part of that whereas what most people do is they say hi this is what i do i'm an accountant i do accounts if you need accounts doing come to me i'm the best person for your accounts yeah okay
0: <laughs> yeah thanks for that
1: yeah no one no one likes being sold to and actually most business owners don't even like selling the other thing that
0: struck me about your the stuff that's in there was um, and I think I first read this in oh, the Slightest Edge or something like that. Slight Edge, uh, Jeff Olson. That's it, Jeff. I read that years ago. It was just that you talk about Warren Buffett and you talk about the power of compounding and you've got a, 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 a sort of a, a table that just shows the difference that actually, you know, over time money accrued up. And, and wow, that that's just recently got me thinking a bit in terms of, yeah, just that power of repetitive routines and so on and it's funny going back to the gym but you you talked about and um you know you have a routine you have a favorite locker and i thought oh my god i do number number 230 i go into the i go around the corner and and i go straight to that locker it's always and if and you know what and the feeling i get if someone's bug is beating me too i'm like my bloody locker how dare they <laughs> And, and that bit of insight got me just think, asking the question. In the book, you talk about the Steve Peters bit and you, you nicely distill it down to about a couple of pages, his whole book, which is brilliant. What is the best? So if the computer is our habit for me, that's what runs our habits, that's our scripts, as you call it. What is the best way to instill a new script? Is it through the human or is it through the chimp or is it through both? How can I, I hate this term, how can I hack my psychology? I hate that, but I'm going to use it. How can I hack my psychology to help me to write a new script?
1: Yeah, I I think the human's got to be in control here because if the monkey is, or the chimp, is controlling the script, then it's unlikely to be thinking super long-term. Rational you who is the human can make really, really good decisions for next week. Next week, your diet is going to be spot on. You are not going to eat anything that's off plan. You're going to go to the gym five times a week. You're going to do your absolute best every time. And you're going to be a perfect parent as well. And you're going to smash your business goals out of the park. Those are the intentions. Yes. So what we want to do is take those intentions and actually turn them into routines. So we need to consciously be aware of the chimp because we know what he does. And again, this is where I would aim to change one routine because if you know that you've currently got a routine whereby you say stop at McDonald's on the way back from the drive through, on the way back from the gym. Yeah. Okay. that's. That's a chimp script. So what can the human do? Well, we can remove the visual clue of McDonald's by driving a different way. We could walk back, we could leave our phone, our money, and our cards at home so you can't pay for it. (laughs) We can put physical barriers in place, we can add friction to the existing routine that the chimp has created. So I would rather than creating new scripts, look at it as editing scripts. So who created that script in the first place and the human's gonna edit them. Right. And it may be you've got scripts that the human has created that now you've got a bit more, like I've got a bit more feedback, a bit more data from my aura ring. I can now say, okay, well this, this habit that the human created whereby you're gonna do hit workouts and that's working quite well for you. Actually, I'm gonna tweak that script now. And instead of doing a hit workout three times a week, you're gonna do 90 minute walks three times a week and 60 minutes of elevated heart rate exercise per day. And we're gonna monitor that in three months time and see what happens. But the end goal is always the same. You start with the end goal in mind. What do you want to achieve? And then the question is, what's the system that's going to get you there So if you want to lose a stone in three months, almost detach yourself from your body and mind now and say, okay, if I was gonna advise someone who I know quite well, how their metabolism works, what their weaknesses are, um, you know, if, if, I don't know, let's say ice cream is your kryptonite, then right, there will be no ice cream in my freezer. Apparently it's impossible to eat ice cream that isn't in your freezer. I've got, there's a reason I've got a, I've got a photo of myself on my fridge uh, and it is a photo of fat me from a wedding in 2003, I believe. Just a little bit of friction. Every time I open the fridge door, there's, there's fat me looking at me going, is that a good idea, John? So work out what the system is that's go, that would get someone else there. If it's someone else with your metabolism, um, your makeup, your DNA, and then think, okay, well, with that system, what routines do I need to put in place? How many times a week do I need to go to the gym? How hydrated do I need to be? How much sleep would I like to get? How, what does my, what what do times look like? Do you skip breakfast? Do you, um, I don't know, do you have no carbs for lunch? Do you have vegan three times a week? Whatever it is, and again, this is not me dictating anything to anyone here. This is you, sitting down and saying right if I'm going to create a system for the next three months what does breakfast look like what does lunch look like what does the evening meal look like what time how much sleep do you get how much do you hydrate how much exercise do you get what does that exercise look like you know that those things will contribute to your health but you could say crossfit works but I can't do crossfit so what element of crossfit worked that you can replicate elsewhere
0: yeah so we need to create frictionless in some areas as in you know put my gym yep. kit by my bed yep. whatever it is but we use friction as our friend in some areas put absolutely yeah so it's that that's juxt- that balance between frictionless and friction and doing it in the right way that's really interesting i could feel like i could chat on for hours but you've got a plane to catch in the morning <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure people want to listen to me talking for hours either so just i've really enjoyed our conversation what's what's one thing that you would like people to take away from either our chat or from the book your 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 experience your insight
1: i think more than anything it is that you already have routines and becoming a routine machine is simply a case of deliberately noticing improving and then automating a handful of those scripts literally one at a time and then over the long term and it's deploying this long term thinking it, that's when it has a disproportionate effect if you have if you take you know, let's say lunch every day for you is a five guys right now and you replace that five guys bacon double cheeseburger large fries and salted caramel shake with a green smoothie or a green salad on day one, you're going to step on the scales and you're going to see no difference. After a week, you might have lost one pound or two pounds, but keep that up for 90 days and suddenly a stone will have disappeared or a stone and a half will have disappeared. It's the disproportionate effect that happens over the long term. John, you've
0: inspired me. I'm going to go just <laughs> off now and go and right out and clear out my cupboard and go and get myself a plan and think about... What works for me and what doesn't, and what I'm like, and, and I'm going to nail that. And Start I editing those let scripts. Let you know how I get on the week before my wedding in January.
1: Fantastic! I'm looking forward to seeing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your time today. It's been really enlightening. I think if anyone wants to do it, you should go and check out John's book. It's called the Routine, or it's called Routine Machine. It's on Amazon. It's John Lamerton, and like I say, I am a couple of chapters in and really enjoying it. It's the least pretentious. <laughs> how-to book that you're ever going to read i think so yeah congratulations on that john and look forward to
1: keeping in touch with you oh thank you very much that's that's a brilliant testimony the least pretentious personal development book ever (laughs) yeah i like it (laughs) fantastic thank you very much anthony
0: thanks for listening to today's episode and if you haven't already please subscribe it only takes a moment but it makes a massive difference to the visibility of the show and how many people we can reach. You know, our mission is to help people develop the mental fitness so that they can achieve more than they thought themselves capable of. So it'd be great if you could do that. A big thanks to Charlotte Foster Podcast for her hard work on producing the show. You can connect with her on LinkedIn. And the music for show is Where to Run by Strength to Last, created by the musical talents of Adrian Wolfer, a Canadian living in Nashville. Check out his music on Spotify and YouTube Music.